What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Dave Lockham with you today. Back at it again. First look for week eight. Can you believe it? Week eight already. And well, we've got a 12 gamer because only two teams on by this week. But here's your first look. No place you'd rather be, right? No place we'd rather be because we're breaking everything down, going position by position, seeing what stands out early in the week before we get to Sunday. Anyway, follow me at Lafayette underscore D while you're at it. And hey, say hello to Ben Rasa at Jazz DFS, master, uh, what is it? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of some. And of course, Jordan Vanek at Jordan Vanek DFS. What's cracking, Jordan? It's going good. We we finally got Cooper K at nine K or Cooper Cup at nine K. So you know he can't hurt me no more for, for as much as he has in these past few weeks. But I mean, me and you get to watch our Panthers and Eagles just play every week in misery. But Ben, how are you doing? All right, uh, I have no team, so no misery here on that front. I guess I'm an adopted Eagles fan at this point because I can't stop betting them. It is raining. <laughs> on raining on raining here in New York. So no place I'd rather be no place I could be. I don't really have a choice, but I am excited to get into this slate. Uh, kind of a, kind of a nice spread. I, I like that. We don't have as many gigantic spreads to me. That's always a difficult situation when you're talking DFS is how, how long are these guys going to go? Or are they going to get usage late in the game? We don't have as much of that this week. And you know, with that optimum or whatever shit that is internet that you have out there with the rain it's not going to make it any better so i'm just i'm just waiting for the inevitable at this that's why i told you we got to keep the show moving i don't know how long i'll even be here to hear your antics so uh we're gonna say ben are you laying points on the eagles this week no i i really liked them last week uh that was a good spot that line crumbled i got that north of three i was really happy I needed to get it north of 30, apparently, because it didn't, didn't really help. So this is a weird spot with Detroit. We're going to get into that. I think that could be a very sneaky game to target, though. A lot of a lot of fantasy output for both of those teams at times. One thing I like to say often is when you have these two bad teams, a lot of times you're going to get both defenses that, that, that end up showing up. And by showing up, I mean the offenses are just terrible. Or both offenses showing up, Jordan, where what I mean is both defenses are just terrible. So... In situations like this, one one side of the field always has to win out. And sometimes it'll be like a 10-7 game or it'll be a 35-31 game because both defenses are terrible, which uh, I think we have that for a few games this week. Let's just dive straight into it. And, um, well, happy to have you guys with us. First off, forgot to mention that at the top. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Only takes a second to do so. And it's greatly appreciated. I promise you the effort it takes you to do so comes nothing to comparing to the gratitude that we have for when you do it, hit that subscribe as well. Help us get up to 70,000 subscribers. And if you want hit that join button down below, you don't have to, but if you want the custom emojis, the sweet badges, of course, all the shout outs that come along with us with it and the priority access when it comes to questions and comments, well, hit that join and we'll see you and welcome you to the team. All right, Jordan, Let's kick this off with wide or with uh, sorry quarterbacks out of the gate. Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford are the two guys up top that I'm personally looking at. Miami's terrible, just dreadful. And on the other side, Houston is equally bad. They, they managed five points last time out. They are what? 13 and a half point home dogs. The bills are 14 point home favorites against Miami. 
Are you willing to pay up for quarterback this week, or are we looking to the mid-range and maybe some value? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to the mid-range and definitely some value this week because of the spreads of these games and just I don't know how much Allen and Stafford are going to really need to do to get by these opponents. Um, obviously, this past weekend we thought the same thing, but the Lions were pulling fake punts, onside kicks, and doing everything in the bag to go get the win. I think with these two quarterbacks, I lean Allen over Stafford, and it's because, I mean, if I'm stacking both of these quarterbacks, I'm getting Cup or Diggs, and Diggs and Allen is sixty-two or 16,200, while Stafford and Cup is 16,600. I'll save the 400 by going Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs this week. What about you, Ben? So it's always a little tricky when you're dealing with the quarterback in a spot like that. They're almost two touchdown favorites. But the good thing for me, and not that it's been immense, but we've seen the Bills just absolutely destroy teams. And Josh Allen, it's not like he's got massive volume, but he's still a, a super focal point of the game. They don't gear him down as much. He's still been mobile. I mean, they beat the, the Texans. 40 nothing, and he had 41 yards rushing in that game. They beat the Dolphins 35 nothing. He had 35 yards rushing in that game. It's not like they just say don't do anything. So I, I do think you still have opportunities there against this Miami team that's in a, just a world of hurt right now. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts uh, at the bottom of the sevens is very, very interesting. I think, though, when I'm looking at the top two, I would go Allen over Stafford, but, of course, both. Uh, going to be in, in pretty positive game scripts when they're just dominating early. Ben, when you look at somebody like Jalen Hurts, right, going up against Detroit, three and a half point road favorite, which might not, I mean, I don't even know. I don't think they should be three and a half point favorites against Detroit at this rate. I really don't. Uh, he has been so bad from like a football standpoint, right? He's 29th in passer rating. He has, I mean, I, I could give you, a, he has a, God, there's so many bad numbers here that it's just I, I can't I can't find them all. But ultimately, we all understand that Jalen Hurts from an actual winning game standpoint has not been good. 61 percent completion rating. These are not good numbers. But I'll tell you what, if I was allowed to play the second half games on DraftKings in Pennsylvania and Jalen Hurts was in all of them, he I, I don't think there would be a single game that I wouldn't just immediately plug Jalen Hurts in because this guy is inevitable in garbage time. He's in, unstoppable in garbage time. But you have to you have to uh, suffer through the first two and a half quarters of every single game. I don't know what we'll get against Detroit, but like you said, maybe this ends up being a sneaky spot. What are you doing with Hurts right now? I mean, I, I I do like him. Ironically, though, I almost worry a little bit about you know what if the Eagles do play better and they are winning and he's more efficient he's not turning the ball over those aren't necessarily good things for no. the fantasy side you'd almost rather have him be against the Tampa Bays of the world and the Dallas's of the world because I, I think that's honestly in some opportunities where he's most prone to really explode but when you talk about the rushing upside and and Detroit I do think that they have a very real shot to win the game but their secondary is terrible Hurts should have ample opportunities the game's inside it's a good spot. There's no doubting it. And when you when you have dual threat ability like him, uh, seemingly any game script bails him out because uh, the guy does produce at a ridiculous garbage time level. Are you getting the Jalen Hurts this week, Jordan? Yeah, I'll have some exposure to Hurts. I'm just interested to see what Burrow and Hurts ownership come at because of Burrow just playing the Jets, the game he's coming off of, how great Jamar Chase has been. Um, I, I lean Hurts over Burrow just because of Hurts' rushing upside. 
But if Burrow comes in at a lower ownership, I think I'll just be pivoting to him over Hertz. It just depends on who is getting more popularity for me. I'm okay with that as well. I mean, look, I think you have a lot of good options up top. If Josh Allen's insane price point keeps his ownership a little bit suppressed, we'll have ownership over at awesome.com later tonight. Of course, the first run of that, that, that could change things. Matthew Stafford against Houston. Could this be a Daryl Henderson game? Sure. It wasn't last week and that was devastating, but it certainly could be this week. Jalen hurts. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, Joe Burrow, right in that same price tier. I think he's perfectly reasonable as well. One thing I've noticed though, Jordan, just giving myself that kind of cursory look at the slate to kick off the week. There is not much once you get down below them. I mean, you've got Winston against the pass funnel Tampa defense, but I can't say I'm confident there. I'm never confident in Matt Ryan at this point or Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah, you have a few guys that might have good games. Ryan Tannehill has still yet to produce a a huge game on the season. I I don't feel great about any guys below that 7K range. I personally love the spot for Teddy Bridgewater if Jerry Judy is able to come back because the 10 days of rest going up against his football team defense, Washington has given up at least 24 DraftKings points to six out of the seven quarterbacks they've played. The only quarterback that didn't get there was actually Justin Herbert in week one. Um, Bridgewater with 10 days of rest. I'm interested to see what his practice, like how much he practices and stuff. But if Jerry Judy comes back, you can get some cheap stacks because he's only 4,900 as a receiver. And then, I mean, the only other quarterback I even remotely consider is 4,900 Tyrod for his, if he comes back and is full practicing and the hamstrings back because of the little rushing upside you get with him. Ben, I looked at Teddy as well. And I guess there was just this mental block that told me this team looks awful right now. But I guess it's fair to say that this is the best matchup they've had in a while. It's at home. Washington has allowed 19 passing touchdowns with only four interceptions. And like Jordan said, maybe Judy in his return bolsters this receiving core and you have Sutton, Fant, Judy, and you start to look a lot better as an offense. Uh, Are you willing to get down here and maybe load up on, on some Denver pass catchers with Teddy Bridgewater, or is there someone else you like in the mid or in the, in the lower tier? So I'm not opposed to going down here and, and listen, Washington's defense has been terrible. I just, Denver, I think I'm with you, honestly. There's something about this team that really rubs me the wrong way. 43.5 point total is a little concerning. They're a three-point favorite. I think as – and we're talking large field tournaments, of course. I think you could make a case for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't think Seattle's defense is any good, honestly. They're going to be probably playing from behind. They've given him more work on the ground. Guy's got volume. He's got pass catchers. He's not going to be popular whatsoever. Uh I don't mind that. And then you you mentioned him quickly, but Carson Wentz and the Colts are playing a lot better. They're at home here. Tennessee is playing clearly much better too, but we've seen time and time again, Tennessee get into these back and forth games. Wentz has been really, really good. I know he made some mistakes in the hurricane, but I, I kind of throw that game against San Francisco out. So Come I think on, this man. is a week you could pay down. What, you don't like Wentz? No, it's not what I'm saying. There are, are no saying? excuses for a lob to the defender, no matter what, no matter the circumstances. <laughs> Or, or the weather couldn't see. Uh, he almost oh, had he mul- multiple, <laughs> multiple really, really bad. Like that wasn't his worst pass of the game. There was a couple other ones that hit I mean, guys it, square. It in wasn't the his worst interception inside the ten this year either. Do you well, remember that that yes. shovel pass to 
that we talked about this. If it didn't go into the defender's hands, it would have gone into his offensive lineman's back. Yeah, that was the Rams where he sprained both ankles. Um, <laughs> On but the same play. Again, that's a game very competitive. The Colts are a one-point dog at home, 49-point total. Tennessee's defense, I, I think that was more product that the Chiefs have a laundry list of issues, not that the Tennessee defense is suddenly some elite unit. I don't even disagree that Wentz has been good and it's good. I want him to be good. I want him to play well. They still have a chance to win the division. Um, we can still get that first round pick in Philly, but he has become kind of a meme at this point, right? Like there are so many things that happen with Carson Wentz, double sprained ankles, shovel passes, pitches to the defenders in, in the side to fight. Like, he has become a meme, but he has been pretty good too. So I get it. You know, real quick, I don't think it's a huge deal, but I like to target guys like that because the perception of them isn't the reality. It's like, oh, Carson Wentz, he's making these ridiculously bad plays. He's terrible. And then he's actually not, though. Like, I know we joke about it. He's had a really good year. He makes some stupid plays. Those don't matter, though, from a DFS standpoint. You're so right. when you look at the totality of them, he is firmly in play sub six guy. It's crazy, too, Jordan. He has like listen to his long completions this season. 24 against Seattle, whatever, 42, 36, 41, 76, 52, 57. He has multiple touchdown passes in four straight and five of seven. He really hasn't been bad. Does he have the ceiling? That's the tough part. Like, you'd go to Pittman for sure as, as a stacking pair. I don't know if Paris – or if uh, – because Paris Campbell – I don't know if Hilton will be back. That's when it gets a little bit more difficult. But um, he hasn't been – what, Ben? I'm sorry. Just how does Carson Wentz only have one interception on the year? I just, I, wait, no, that can't be right. I distinctly remember multiple interceptions. Wait, I thought he threw two interceptions inside his. Uh, wait, what? I guess it says somehow I guess one Wentz, of them was dropped. It it says Wentz wasn't credited with an interception when he shoveled past the ball directly into Alshier's <laughs> arms in the second quarter. Instead, recording his third fumble. That's right. Somebody okay. tweeted me that. Someone tweeted me that it was a fumble. Instead, yes, that they changed it to a fumble. So what you're what? saying is he had multiple fumbles in that game. Uh, apparently so. Right. Jordan, uh, thoughts on Carson Wentz? I'm telling uh, you, he's a meme. No, he he's he's a funny, I mean, he's just a funny option this week. But, like, as bad as uh, this guy's been, Sam Donald for 100 cheaper or just going 200 more to get Matt Ryan is probably where I lean because we're playing the Falcons this week. Or Panthers are playing the Falcons this week. Matt Ryan has actually started to get better as the season going on. It seems like he's becoming more efficient with the Arthur Smith offense. Um, he still hasn't really gotten it with Ridley, but Kyle Pitts has emerged as someone he can go to and he trusts more. Um, I think they make for an interesting pairing option. It's just going to be about sticking to the news with the Panthers defense because ever since Shaq Thompson's been hurt, the Panthers can't stop the run. So quarter old Patterson is in play, especially with Mike Davis getting a little banged up. Let's talk a little bit about the running backs. Of course, before we do, Yahoo, Daily Fantasy Sports, you know what it is. It's really the best way to get access to Awesome. I actually had a, a, a buddy or uh, my one of my good friends, brother-in-laws, was telling me that he, he loves betting. He loves fantasy football. He's like, I'm trying my hand in the DFS world today. And I said, all right, all right, good luck to you. You know, good luck. And he's like, I'm going to go over to Fandle. And I said, listen, man, if you're going to start, first of all, Yahoo is softer than any of these other sites. I don't think that's even in question. 
And if you use the link in the description to our YouTube videos, if you're new, uh, or if you use the link to Tyler Zander's about to drop in the chat right now, shout out to Tyler Zander, you'll get a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum, $90 value, every single sport on the site, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, MMA, PGA, NASCAR, esports, you name it. And all of the tools, boom, bust tool, ownership, player projections, top stack tool, lineup builder, all of which are built by Alex Baker, Osimo himself, number one ranked DFS player out there. Fellas won a lot of money using these very tools. So of a lot of our, our users and a lot of the people that work here, all you have to do is sign up using the link, deposit $10 or more and enter a paid contest. When you do that, Yahoo will hit us up and let us know your information. We'll email you, get you set up. You got the premium discord with office hours in there where the pros are helping you better your game. All of the tools I mentioned, if you want to get the fantasy cruncher add on, you want to MMA, you can do that as well. $90 value, every single sport on the site, all of the tools we have, everything behind paywall, $90 value. All you have to do is use that link, sign up at Yahoo, posit 10 or more. And of course, uh, play a paid contest. It's so worth it, man. It's, it's one of the greatest promos we've done. We were doing two months, but if you missed out on that, you're still getting $90 value. Plus, uh, Yahoo gives you $10 in credit, I believe, when you sign up. So it's free. It's totally free. And Yahoo's been stepping their game up with some monster contests lately. It's been a really solid place to play. So hit that link, do so, and we'll see you over there. And remember, join that Discord when you do and hop in uh, all of the channels. It's a pretty cool community. All right, Ben, let's go to running back here. Derek Henry, how, how anomalous is it that he could have 20, if I told you, right, just just think about this, forget about everything you know. If I told you that Derrick Henry had 29 carries, 31 total touches, and the Titans won 27 to three at home against the Chiefs, what would your reaction be before seeing his fantasy score? And I assume you're also telling me that he threw a touchdown. So he's oh, just yes. up, and then he up to 50 <laughs> points. Right, and then he uh, threw a touchdown. It's just mad. Yeah, I mean, we... Listen, that is why sometimes uh, we talk about this. Touchdowns can be very variant. Even in good game scripts, Derrick Henry just wasn't able to capitalize because the volume was clearly there. Uh, and now I'm very interested because it seemed like it, it plateaued a little bit. He had just been so good and everyone was talking about him. Will that be the same narrative around this week where he's not far and away the most expensive player? You've got Kamara coming off an island game where shocking the genius that is Sean Payton realized that if you throw him the ball, it's a lot easier <laughs> to get him in space. Uh, I love that receptions prop last night. Super easy cash 10 for 128 uh, through the air. I don't know why they need to give him 20 plus carries, but they're clearly starting to realize that Kamara is Kamara. I mean, this isn't rocket science. So I don't know if Derek Henry is going to be nearly as popular this week, man. Alvin Kamara had 21 touches at halftime. Seahawks had 18. So yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it, there's, there's so many ways to look at this game. It, it was nuts. If, and I said this like tongue in cheek, Jordan, uh, I tweeted this last night. I think it was at, uh, midway through the third quarter that if, if the saints had just, if the only plays they ran were targeting Kamara in the passing game, granted that we saw like midway through the third quarter, they, the Seahawks finally figured out a way to make it a little bit more difficult on them. But through the first half, if all they did was target Kamara, that's it. Those are the only plays they ran. They probably would have been up 21-7 going into halftime. Like, that's how dominant he is as a pass catcher. Yeah. No, Kamara is one of the premier running backs in the league that has just been 
weirdly misutilized not being involved in the passing game it's it's like you you just should get this guy the ball it's like with McCaffrey and it's kind of funny that Derrick Henry's been you know more involved in the passing game and now they're starting to switch Derrick Henry's taking a little bit of a step back this week I'm really interested to see the ownership I'm just not really playing running backs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I know Khalil Herbert just came off a good day against them um, but I still don't, I'm not buying into it and I'm just going to, I'm interested to see Derrick Henry's ownership as Ben was alluding to, because we talk about the TD variance. The last time he played, played the Colts, he had 31 touches and 145 yards, but could not find the end zone. So if he comes in sub 15%, I think it's a Derrick Henry week for me. Yeah. It's such a weird spot with Alvin Kamara, right? Because Tampa Bay, you just can't run on them. But if the formula here, this is my concern. You look at Tampa last week, the the Saints have a much better offensive line than the Bears. They're much better at protecting the quarterback. So that was my biggest concern last week. It's like, all right, they might be a pass funnel defense, but is Justin Fields even going to be able to get the ball out? And he looked awful, okay, despite the play calling. I think Sean Payton and Ben's right. Like, I'm not sure what he's been doing through the first however many weeks of the season, but I still think Sean Payton is one of the better play callers in the league. And and I think they'll figure this out. But I do love Derrick Henry this week, too. And quite frankly, I think in this specific matchup where Alvin Kamara is going to have to do most of it through the air, these guys are really, really close. Ownership's going to play a big role for me here. Uh, So I can't wait to see what it looks like once we get a drop tonight because that's going to make a pretty big difference. Uh, and just one more thing. Huge Beat says, Lafayette's going to be great at Thanksgiving. Can you pass the turkey? Sure, but if you sign up at Yahoo. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a solicitor. I would never just come straight out. I'm legitimately trying to do him a favor. I even, I even told him, I was like, listen, man, just you asked me. You asked me, I'm telling you. That's all. You guys would, you guys, if you're at Thanksgiving dinner, Ben, and someone told me I want to get into DFS, and I didn't tell them about the Yahoo sign up, that would be that would be a violation. That'd be a disservice, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. So doing a real disservice, a real know. disservice to society on uh, the day of Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's it's a really difficult situation because logically, in my mind, I almost think great. A matchup with Tampa Bay is good because it's going to force them to pass Kamara the ball, and that's what I want anyway. But then I'm like, if they don't do that and they give him 20 touches on the ground, he might have like 55 yards rushing and he wastes all his touches. So uh, it's an, it's just an interesting dynamic. I really want to see where the ownership shakes out uh, for me, because both those guys up top, I think of clearly could be the, you know, one of the core plays uh, if I spend up at running back, I just don't know exactly what the perception is going to be in the public. Is that true? Brady gave a fan a full Bitcoin for the 600 ball. Allegedly, yes, Tyler. That's pretty cool. Wish I had that because, well, never mind. All right, um, let's talk about some of these mid range guys then, Jordan. You've got no McCaffrey, he wouldn't be mid range anyway, but Eckler, Najee Harris, who, if in case you guys were counting or paying attention to this this year, uh, Najee Harris, despite not being wildly efficient because you don't really need that anymore, is the RB5 on the year. Austin Eckler is the RB4. They have both only played six games as well. So that gives you a good idea of what type of production and really what type of volume we've seen out of these guys. Then you have Jonathan Taylor, 
who is now the uh, the RB three on the season. Can you believe that after his start, Jonathan Taylor is the RB three this season? Remarkable. And then DeAndre Swift is in that seven K range as well. I don't know if any of these guys are like top top priorities, but all of them have had slate breaking upside this season. Yeah, no, I <clears throat> I agree with you. This range is so good. There's so many good matchups. Um, I I think James Robinson is going to be the vocal point for my lineups this week at 6,600, a little bit cheaper than them, just because the Seattle uh, rush rushing uh, defense has been pretty bad this year, but also they give up a ton of pass catches to running backs. And James Robinson in recent weeks has been utilized as a passer. He's getting getting more carries, and he's found the end zone in four straight games. Um, Jonathan Taylor has been phenomenal as well, but I'm just – I'm scared of the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what type of defense we're going to see from them. They have games where they lose to the Jets and then they go ahead and beat the Chiefs and Bills because football. And that's how that works. I don't I don't understand it. Um, an interesting one that I didn't think or we didn't bring up was Swift against Philly. I think his price has gotten a little too high for me and I'm not going to be targeting him at 7,100 other than or compared to like James Robinson who I can just I think they finally know that he's the best running back and we're going to give him 20 touches a game. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Swift's price is getting up there a bit, Ben. Uh, I just, here, here's here's my one thought, right? Like, what does DeAndre Swift look like in a legitimately neutral game script? I mean, does he see 25 looks? So, again, that's what's always weird with teams that are, like Arizona and the Lions, it's like we, we've seen the most repeatable type of game script for the most part with these teams. What happens if it flips in any capacity? And I actually kind of worry because some of DeAndre Swift's value is the fact that they really look to him in the passing game. It's not to say it's going to go away completely, but I don't know exactly if they'll push him to 20 carries if they're winning throughout this game. I think in some ways I'd almost want them losing throughout the game because I feel very comfortable even with the – the price tag is premium. I'm with Jordan there, but if you're going to tell me he's going to get upwards of 10 targets, he can really, really lock in a solid floor for you. Uh, even if he doesn't get a ton of carries. I do like James Robinson though, too, Ben and, and Jordan brought it up. One of the reasons too, is I, how does, how does, well, I say, how does urban Meyer not do this? And it's pretty obvious because we've seen urban Meyer this season, but they're coming off their first win. They're riding high. They're about to lose another 12 straight No, but really, I don't really know how you don't involve James Robinson more in the passing game after what we saw uh, out of Alvin Kamara yesterday. James Robinson is not Alvin Kamara in the passing game, but he is still a semi-competent pass catcher. So with Seattle's defense being as bad as they are, I, I, even though they shut down Kamara on the ground yesterday, I do still think this is a good spot. I also think that James Robinson, especially given that Geno Smith, and we know this offense looks bad and it's probably a neutral game script where you can run or pass. Uh, I think James Robinson does come in pretty popular this week. So that might open up some spots for good pivots. Yeah, uh, I have no pushback. Like I said, I, I thought you could target Lawrence. Anything with this Jags, Jags offense, I think has some merit. But you mentioned some pivots. Henderson, again, another similar to Henry in some regard, kind of plateaued. Everything was trending upward. Perfect spot. Doesn't perform. Will people just move on to Robinson and some of these other guys? If that's the case, obviously, I'm going to stick with Daryl Henderson, who's in. I mean, the Rams we were talking before the show. How are the Rams 
they played the every game is two touchdown favorites. I don't understand their schedule, but it seems like every single week they have one of the worst teams in the league uh, on the schedule. Really weird. So what? Like, what who are your that? favorite mid-range options? For for me, I think that Daryl Henderson pending ownership doesn't get there, and then I, I do like Taylor and Swift. Uh, both those guys, competitive games. They are quickly asserting themselves as the go-to focal points of offenses, uh, and I think those teams have real real chances to win at home. Jordan, who are your favorite mid-range options? I would go with James Robinson one, and then I mean I I love the six K range with Henderson and Nick Chubb as long as news keeps trending upwards and their tackles come back because Pittsburgh we saw it there that second half like Alex Collins that first drive had like eight carries for 80 yards and the Monday night game against Seattle Geno Smith at quarterback if Nick Chubb and that offensive line is healthy I think they can pound the rock against Pittsburgh okay you know I I know it's a, a tough matchup I mean it's not great but Khalil Herbert I find some interest here, Jordan, and here's why. I think Kenny Gainwell is going to be uh, exceedingly popular this week, okay? And Boston Scott actually had more opportunities on the ground than Gainwell. He also had a goal line carry that went for a touchdown. I still think Gainwell's the guy, and he was targeted a ton last game, so we'll get into that. But Khalil Herbert, assuming David Montgomery is still out, appears to be the clear lead back in Chicago right now, and also appears to be essentially game script proof. He played 77% of snaps. Damian Williams guy came off the COVID list, played only 17% of snaps. I'm not saying I love Herbert this week, but if he goes completely unowned, this guy's been good as a starter. He now has 18 plus carries in three straight games, right? Of which one they lost by 10, another they lost by 35. Uh, and he's been targeted eight times in his two starts. So you know what? Khalil Herbert, based on volume alone, 22 and 23 looks over his last two games might actually be someone I get to if everyone is completely off of him and David Montgomery stays out. Who do you like here at the bottom tier of uh, running backs? First, <clears throat> I think Khalil Herbert is a fantastic pivot off of Kenny Gainwell this week because he's just been good. Like on the kick returns, he's averaging like 24 yards a kick return, I believe. He shows athleticism. That's what you really want out of running back, and he's doing it with Chicago. Um, you mentioned Boston Scott. That's actually where I love to pivot this week because I think this is the perfect spot where everybody talks of Gainwell. He gets a lot of ownership, rightfully so. And then he splits like a 51-49% role. And Boston Scott, when he's been given the like he's been good for Philly. <laughs> he's had games where he's been very or one of the better plays on the slate. He's had slate breaking weeks. Um the other option that I think you can get away from Gainwell too is Michael Carter against Cincy. I know the game script's not going to be the best because of how good Cincy's been, but Michael Carter is getting more and more work, and I think he can have one of those weeks where he gets you a touchdown. And at forty nine hundred, it's not a bad option to me. Ben, I was going to talk Michael Carter as well. Nine targets last game, seventy seven percent of snaps, easily a, a season high, twenty total looks. It's a fascinating spot in this like low 5K, high 4K range this week. Yeah, and it makes sense. We, we've talked even over on the, uh, you know, the fantasy football channel here at Awesome that a guy like Michael Carter, his stock should rise naturally because the Jets become more relevant with each week and they want to get him on the field. They certainly want to see what he can do. So I, I totally get that. I've got no problem with that. Certainly gain well makes sense for obvious reasons. 
And then you guys talked about some of those pivots, you know, in, in a similar range. And Herbert, listen, he did that against the Bucs. That's I, I never in a million years thought that he would have success on the ground against Tampa's front since nobody does. I do want to quickly go up a little more to where we were, though. I just want to throw out quickly that Damian Harris uh, against the worst run defense, what I think is in the league, they geared down. If Stevenson is inactive again, I don't think that volume is going to be an issue and he's going to consolidate that backfield in New England. He was great last week. Uh, they just didn't give him a lot of work late because the game was out of hand. Anybody else that's at the bottom of the running back tier? Because to me, I think it starts to get real dicey down there. No, I think Jordan's that, you know, Boston Scott is a kind of a leverage game theory play. I don't see myself messing around other than that. All right. Wide receivers. Uh, by the way, the Curry promo that we were running for uh, 50% off the uh, first week of Awesome Plus Platinum expired yesterday, but we do have free NBA player rankings today, uh, free NHL top stacks over at Awesome. You don't need to be a, a subscriber. Just go over there, check it out. Uh, someone said the other day, they're like, I used the free uh, NBA boom bust tool for the day, won a ton of money, and now I'm a premium sub. That's the type of stuff I want to hear. That makes me happy to hear that people, even if you aren't a sub afterwards, but you use this free content and it helps you. And then PGA Top Golfers, which is an awesome tool as well. Ben, what do we have coming up for PGA this week? Yeah, so another you know swing season event. But as I say every time, is it the Masters? No, but it's an opportunity to maybe get some of these under the radar players. And I, my favorite thing about all our tools is the time that it saves uh, with five sports going on to dig through 150 golfers is very, very difficult, but this tool can quickly, quickly cut through a lot of that tape. It shows you some of the guys that are wildly inefficient, some of the guys that are wildly underrated. And that is one of my favorite things about it. So can't recommend uh, the top golfers tool anymore. One of my favorites. Yep. Good stuff. And are you guys doing betting content on the odds channel for golf? So we're putting it mostly just within the strategy show and live before lock right now, but definitely over there uh, with odd shopper, obviously growing quickly, our, our premium tool, the awesome odds channel is going to have golf and every sport that we cover, you know, college football, NBA, uh, NFL right now already up and going. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, so check that out. Odds channel, fantasy football channel as well. Somebody asked earlier about a trade they made and uh, man, no, I, I would not have made that trade. It was, it was yeah, Adams. Ad yeah. Why would you have? No, no. Devonte Adams, Michael Carter and Rashad Bateman for T Higgins, Najee Harris and Jerry Judy. I mean, look, even if you want to consider Adams and Najee a wash, I'd still take Michael Carter over Higgins right now. And just because the volume is, is only going to continue to increase and pass catching running backs are just super valuable, even though Higgins had a lot of targets last week. And Rashad Bateman and Judy might sound crazy, but that kind of feels like a wash to me. So, yeah, probably wouldn't have done that. But anyway, head over to awesome.com. Check it out. All that stuff is free today. And the odds channel, the fantasy football channel. I'm going to do a start sit video after this as well. So wide receivers. Let's dive into this Jordan Cooper cup. You mentioned him at the top of the show. Uh, I mean, at this point, what else can you say about the guy? He has multiple touchdowns in four of seven games uh, and he is the clear wide receiver one on the season. It's crazy. Yeah, no Cooper cup has been fantastic this week, but his price finally matches it. He is more expensive than Derrick Henry. Um, I will not be getting Cooper cup. He's burned me every week because I don't play him, but this is the first week where it feels like, okay, I can actually get away with it because Stefan Diggs for 900 less against the Dolphins 
he hasn't been able to get too much going this past week against the Titans. He did a little bit, but he hasn't had one of those explosion games. And I think it's coming against Miami. I like it. I feel like he's might be a little overpriced based on his production this season, yes. but that could lower ownership though. It's definitely going to pull his ownership down. There's no doubt about that. Ben, where are you at in the top tier here? Are we going back to your boy, Jamar. I mean, he is, he really is unbelievable. Uh, I will be betting his longest receptions prop. I will bet that <laughs> until it loses, no matter what it is, they get listed at 98 yards. I'm going over. Uh, I think for me, when I talk about, you know, you got to visualize lineup construction and it's just Tuesday, but I have a feeling I'm going to probably try to save and hope that Cooper cup uh, doesn't do anything outrageous. I, I don't mind digs. If you're going to Allen Williams, McLaurin chase, these guys are all great players, but you know, to me, there's not that big of a difference between guys like them and Debo and Ridley and, and Keenan Allen type. So uh, I find myself looking more down the board. I also, I don't want to get too crazy. I have a f- just a feeling, and it, it is the Jets and it is Joe Flacco. I don't love the spot for Cincinnati as a whole. Uh, I'm not saying they're not going to move the ball at times. I'm not saying they're not going to win, but I don't think this is going to be a demolition by any stretch. So doesn't mean Jamar Chase, who seemingly gets there every week, can't. But to me, I'd rather play, I think, Debo Samuel, who uh, is just consolidating all the targets at times for the Niners. I'm 100% with you on that. And honestly, I was very high on McLaurin last week. He ended up coming in at like 3.5%, which I'm satisfied with. This week, though, prices come up $700 on DraftKings. That is tough. Uh, against Denver. I mean, nobody's enamored with Denver right now. They went from three and zero to three and four, but that's just too expensive. I, I think Ben, we pretty much share the same sentiment here. What about like, so once you get down a little bit further, you have DJ Moore against Atlanta, Jordan, uh, AJ Brown, who is, you know, finally beginning to, to show up at, against Indy. That's a really interesting spot. Could definitely be a shootout type of game. And then even guys like Deontay Johnson, he's not exciting per se, but every single week you're going to get Cooper Cup like volume. And again, not as explosive. He, he's basically Cooper Cup light at this point, even though he doesn't line up out of the slot in most of his in most of his routes. It's just even in terms of sheer volume, this guy's going to get 10 plus targets almost every single week. Yeah, no, Deontay Johnson has been, I mean, he's just a really good player. I know he struggles with some drops at times, but my worry is just Big Ben. Um, That offensive line trying to block Cleveland, I'm not sure that one goes too well. Um, I think Calvin and DJ Moore are in really, really good spots. And Calvin Ridley against the Carolina Panthers has been killer. He's, uh, ever since DJ Moore was drafted over him, he's kind of made it, like, when his draft party made it his mission that he would score on Carolina every single time. Um, I think his only game where he doesn't have 15 DraftKings points was a game he got hurt in the second quarter. Narratives I know don't always don't always go too well, but Calvin Ridley is not happy with Carolina picking DJ Moore over him, and I've always played Gar- or Ridley against Carolina. You think he's still heated about that all these years later? I it's just one of those things that it's yeah I think he can hold that type of grudge because. He looked at it as he was the number one player coming out of high school for receiver, went to Bama, national championships, and then a kid from Maryland got picked over him and gets a few million dollars more because of it. I don't think he was too happy about it. Ben, can we look towards a Keenan Allen this week, another guy who's you know been uh, underwhelming but not awful? I mean, he's not killing you most weeks, but he, well, he hasn't been good either. He has, you know, he's still seeing, what, about 10 targets per game, 
Uh, and then you have Cortland Sutton. I, I know Jerry Judy's returning, but Sutton is leading the league in deep ball attempts. Now they face a Washington team that has been just gutted by opposing pass catchers. They've allowed, like I said, 19 passing touchdowns on the season. That last time I checked is not good. They've already allowed five pass plays of over 40 yards, 25 pass plays of 20 plus yards. They've been just crushed through and through. Um, so I do think this mid 6K range is kind of interesting. I'll even throw as, as gross as it's been Robert Woods into the mix against Houston. Yeah, I mean, any, anyone in the Stafford led offense, I totally get. But Sutton, great, great matchup. I like Ridley. Keenan Allen, you know, it's tough. There's a couple situations like this with teams. You know, Mike Williams right now has just emerged. He's taken a ton. He's got six touchdowns. Keenan Allen has one. That seems a little out of whack. I do think that'll regress uh, in, a, in a pretty good way. And I think that going against New England, there will be opportunities there. So I think if I had to choose one, it would actually be Ridley. Uh, I just really think Atlanta could get into a back and forth type of game there. And then even as we work down, we still have plenty of guys, including Michael Pittman, who Chad already mentioned that I think is in a really, really good spot. If you like Wentz, you have to like Pittman this week. You have to. He, he is one. He's quickly becoming uh, a guy that is, is straight, like preloaded in, in those stacks at this point. Like you have to go to him, not in the same vein as Devontae Adams, but really he has truly emerged. And I, it was good to see because week one was awful with him and he's quickly asserted himself atop that receiving core. Agreed. I love Michael Pittman all the time. This has been a guy that in season long leagues, I've been trying to trade for his, his schedule only gets easier going forward. Uh, and he has the real ability to become an elite receiver in this league. As long as Wentz can, can stay competent enough under center. Uh, Jordan, are there any other mid range or we can talk some value options as well? I think there's some good value on this slate for sure. I mean, a lot of value. Yeah, I think uh, Devontae Smith against Detroit is a good one. Detroit's been awful against the deep ball. De or Devontae Smith gets some deep targets, and he's just he's utilized pretty well. Um, the only worry is is it, it becomes a defensive pass interference game, and those don't get you fantasy points with Hurts. But, yeah, no, the, the cheaper options this week are phenomenal. And, I mean, as I've said, Teddy Bridgewater was one of the guys. If Jerry Judy returns – I will have a lot of exposure to Jerry Judy against Washington, who I assume will be popular, but for me, I'll just eat the chalk there. We need, what do we need? 27 likes to get to a hundred. That would be great. I know it's basketball season, but if you're sitting there hanging out, haven't hit that like button yet, only takes a second, smash that like, get us up to a hundred. That would give us a solid ratio. We got about 320 people watching. So much appreciated, much obliged. Um, ben, down at the bottom, I'll just rattle off a couple of players here. Jalen Waddle, not exciting, but two is throwing a ton. And I don't see how they're not going to throw a ton this week. I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen Waddle has like 10 for, for 70 and a touchdown. And if that's the case, you don't need a ton of yardage. Um, they're going to have to throw 40 and 45 passing attempts from two and back-to-back games. What's the spread on this? It's got to be 15, right? 14? Yeah. 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 It's sitting around 14 at most places. Yeah, you already mentioned Pittman. I think Emmanuel Sanders against Miami at 5,400 is fine. Devontae Smith is going – as bad as Hurts has been, Devontae Smith is still getting peppered. He's going to have that big game. Like, it just – it has to happen eventually. So, I think there's a lot there. There's no doubt. I mean, this is where we get into uh, – you either have a team that's not in the best situation or you have secondary players like Emmanuel Sanders, guys that are attached. They're not digs, but they're still part of – what are really good situations. So I don't mind that. Uh, Judy, definitely one to keep an eye on. 
Jacoby Myers is there at 51. I, I don't hate that play. I mean, he's still seemingly looking for that uh, elusive touchdown. But if, if they fall behind in a game like that, when you get down, though, there's not as much. Again, there's like Russell Gage returned and he looked good, but you're competing with Ridley and Pitts as well as the backs. You've got Rager and Watkins down there. I think that's probably a little too thin. Van Jefferson type. So it, it gets pretty bad pretty quickly. Jordan, Robbie Anderson over oh the last God. four games. Prepare yourself. He's seventh in targets. He has a 25% target share and 35% of his team's air yards, which you'll see here. Air yards can be just bullshit. He is the wide receiver 56 over that span and 78th in receiving yards. He is seventh in targets and 78th in receiving yards. I mean, that is blasphemous at this point. But now you've got him against Atlanta. Again, seventh in targets. Are you going to Robbie Anderson this week if everyone is completely off of him? If everybody's completely off, I'll have some exposure in like a, like a mini stack with Calvin. But I don't know how many targets you said, but I assume he has equally as many drops as targets because that's what it feels like every time the ball he hits has the sand. 38 targets and a 23.5% drop rate since week four. <laughs> yeah. So R- Robbie is not like... I'm just going to play Chenault. Um, He hasn't been too good either, (laughs) but I feel like Visca has been just misutilized compared to Robbie just being an inept receiver this year. It's this range is just funny because 100 cheaper, you could get Odell. (laughs) Like we're having a lot of names down here rather than actual good players. Um, I'm not going to be getting Robbie Anderson. I don't think unless he comes in really, really unowned. Because I feel like I would rather just play Rieger or Quez for 600 less and against the team and just hope that he catches one instead of getting pass interfered. Like hope Hurts actually puts it on the money for him. Ben, any other cheap options down here that that stand out to you in any way, like Chenault or Van Jefferson, anybody cheap? No, I mean, again, I think this is where you're you're kind of uh, attaching names to stacks if you want to change it up. Like, I think if, if you go to Matt Ryan and you want to be really creative, maybe you do put in Russell Gage with either Pitts or Ridley or something like that. No problem with Chanel. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, I, I never really seen something like that, to be honest. 13 catches it's not on those 38 targets. Like, that's a 33 And look at his yards S. on that. Yeah, I don't – I just – I don't understand. Uh, he did score somehow in one of those games, and it still <laughs> didn't make a difference to the total – but yeah, for me, I think I'll just look to my quarterbacks will play a large role if I punt on one of these receivers. Two likes away from 100. We're definitely going to get there. Appreciate you all for that. No doubt about it. Um, all right. We'll close it out with tight ends first. Little Hall of Fame action here. And when you've got awesome avatars just crushing, you got to shout them out. It's just the way it goes. And if you want to be a part of this, if you want to get up here when you have that big win, Go to awesomeo.com slash avatar. Follow the steps. Use the avatar, whether it's on Yahoo, DraftKings, FanDuel, wherever it is. If you finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more, right? That's all you got to do. That's it, right? Simple. Uh, tweet us at awesomeohof, at awesomeo Hall of Fame. Include all of us in there as well because we enjoy seeing these wins. And not only will you win a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum, and this could be on like a quarter entry, a nickel, doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're top three in a field of 5,000 or more and you're not chopping more than three ways, 
You'll get the free month of Awesome Mode Plus Platinum, and you'll get the shout-out right up here on the Hall of Fame. It's a beautiful thing to see. Jordan Lockhart last night. Can't believe this actually happened. Never thought I'd see the day. Y'all are amazing, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Well, thank you, Jordan. Thank you so much. Just had a baby girl on October. Congrats, brother. And this couldn't be a better month. $138,000. Uh, huge, huge victory for Jordan on the showdown slate. Um, that is fantastic. Then you've got Brandon J. Baker. Nice little $1,271 win. Second in the NBA high five. Big stuff there. Rocking the avatar. Daddy Dak, 95 with a $2,600 win with Carson Wentz, Ben, at the MVP spot. So you got to feel good about that. Stack correction. Got me good last night, but still a good night. Shout out, awesome uh, And I don't know who Sandy Alex G is, but I guess he helped Adam Balagurian and Jabarans. But congrats, man. 10, what, 14, 78, about $20,000 victory there. That's awesome. And then last one, we've got... Um, what is that? OSS squad 1370. One more. Sorry. LV thousand dollars from 30. So congrats to everyone. Go to awesome.com slash avatar. Download that tweet. Your wins at awesome. H O F win a free month of awesome. Plus. And again, congrats to all you guys with the big wins this week. Some really huge wins. All right, Ben tight ends. What do we got up top with Kyle Pitts? Are we going back to the well here? Cause he has looked pretty good recently after a slow start to his rookie campaign. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, I think we're starting to ask the question if Travis Kelsey or George Kittle was this price, like what would we be doing? Would we just all over it? Obviously, I think the answer to that is yes. Kyle Pitts going to be in the Travis Kelsey range going forward. It also might feel like the answer to that is yes. So feels a little chasey, obviously, but this guy is, I mean, it's funny, all the expectations, everyone, he starts slow and now look, it's kind of what everyone expected. He, he's really unbelievable. You're not dropping that much. I mean, you're taking 1,300 difference between him and Gasicki, 900 between him and Hawkinson. I think I'd rather find the money if I could and just go to Pitts. I feel the same way right now. I mean, Hawkinson's fine, but Pitts, man, that one-handed grab, that one-handed grab down the sidelines the other day. Oof. When he when he plays, not that this is like important for DFS, but he looks like he's undersized for a tight end. You're like. You know, and then you look and he's like six, six, two fit. He's gigantic out there, <laughs> yeah. but he's so quick and so fast. It's it's really a problem for teams to stop this guy. Yeah. And then he lines up outside Jordan and just burns perimeter defenders as well. Yeah, no, Kyle Pitts is a freak. Him and Jamar Chase right now. People have been talking about how good they've been on a rookie scale. Jamar Chase, if he keeps this pace on a 16 game scale, he'll be the seventh in all time receiving yards in a single season ever like you would have 300 more receiving yards than Stefan Diggs did last season that's just he's remarkable Kyle Pitts is on pace for like 1300 it's the both of them are just freaks in nature I mean it's hard to get away from Kyle Pitts this week but tight end is one of those positions where if he doesn't get you that 18 to 20 point performance the cheaper options will end up being a better play so who do you like I like Hunter Henry at 4,200 against the Chargers. They've been pretty bad against tight ends this year. I know he's, I mean, he's caught touchdowns. Mac Jones and him seem to have somewhat of a connection. Um, other than that, there's a few like, oh, please go get a touchdown, like Tommy Sweeney, who should be getting, who caught the touchdown against the um, Titans last week and now is going to be the tight end for the Bills going forward with Dawson Knox breaking his hand. 
Tommy fucking Sweeney. <laughs> ben, I, I, I'm actually still not entirely opposed to Ricky Seals Jones. He's playing literally every snap every week with Logan Thomas out. So it's not the craziest notion. A guy that's seen now, what, fit 22 targets over his last three games, a handful of red zone looks. I don't think that's nuts. I don't think Henry's nuts. Higby has been disappointing. Uh, Dallas Goddard. I mean, you have to think the game's coming eventually. All of these guys to me are intriguing plays, but none of whom I feel confident in. I think that's a fair way to put it. Definitely. I I think you've got uh, a lot of guys in the threes that are basically touchdown dependent, but it's not like they don't score at a decent clip. Like Mo Cox. I think if you attach him to Wentz, you're drawing to a touchdown similar some of the guys that we talked about, if you can find the extra money, then you get into some volume with Goddard and those types. But it, it's just weird because if you, if you venture into that territory, you start to get at least contact to where Kyle Pitts is at. And he is just in a whole nother. I mean, of all these guys, he to me is the only realistic guy that can flirt with like the hundred yard bonus each and every week here. He is in a different category. And I don't see, you know, you got the Bucks tight ends, you got the Cleveland tight ends. The problem is there's two of all these guys on these teams. It's hard to choose between them and then hope that one of them uh, has that opportunity. Today. For sure. Yeah. Other than Pitts, it's like maybe Hawkinson can pull that off this week uh, against Philly. But yeah, Pitts against Carolina, that just feels like another smash spot. And he's not that much more expensive than Hawkinson, but he probably should be at this rate. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that we have to start looking at him maybe if, Travis Kelsey was in this spot. Where would he be? He certainly wouldn't be 6,300. That's a fair way to look at it. I don't think we can put him on the same plane quite yet, but I get exactly what you're saying. All right, let's go. uh, Let's go ahead. I went first last week defense. And by the way, guys, we don't actually care about defense. The reason we do this is to show you that there are weeks where you can legitimately punt defenses. My best performing defense last week was a $2,500 New York giant. So, you know, just a little thought exercise here and see what we can come up with. Let's go sub. I mean, I can't go sub 3000 because you get the Falcons against Carolina and that's just a smash. I'm just kidding, Jordan. We'll go <laughs> below 2,900 this week. Who do you got Jordan? Oof, below 2,900. Give me, this is, there's always, there's always some fun. I'll, I'll take the lions at 2,300 against Philly um, at home. Could be their first win of the season. I know Philly's been not exactly the most uh, turnover or offense, but at home, 2,300, give me the Lions, we low owned. <laughs> All right, Ben, what do you got? Not the Ram. The Rams somehow got a price bump. They're up to fifty one hundred, which is uh... <laughs> you've been railing against. <laughs> I mean, this I just it... all week. I don't understand that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Bears. I know at times they look really dysfunctional, but if Fields doesn't turn it over and put tremendous strain on the defense, I don't think that San Francisco is exactly primed to just go in there and move up and down the field. So if you give the Bears defense a fair shot, I think they will. Uh, I don't mind punting them sub 3K. All right. And uh, I mean, obviously, we don't feel great about any of these plays, but I'll go Seahawks against the Jaguars at this rate. I mean, really. When, you, when you're getting a Jags team that's coming off a win, you know, that's all well and good, but they're still not good. They still have a 19, they have a sub 20 implied total in Seattle. This could just be one of those spots where Trevor Lawrence gets picked off multiple times. You see a pick six or a scoop and score. I think Seattle at 2,800 is perfectly reasonable there. So really not a lot, not, there are some decent cheap options this week, 
if you're trying to punt the position to get up to like a Kyle Pitts over a Hawkinson, I'm always 100% willing to do that with such a high variance position like DST. That'll do it for us. Hit Ben up at Jazz DFS on the Twitters. Jordan at Jordan Vanek DFS. Shout out to your boy Tyler Zander for producing today's show. I'm over at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D on Twitter. And of course, Osmo underscore com. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Ownership top stack show myself, Matt Gajewski and um, Eric Linkless. Almost forgot for a second. And remember, NBA strategy show. If you missed it today, it was right before this five game slate tonight. You got deeper dive. You got live before lock coming up after that. A ton of content throughout the day. And I would assume that we also have ourselves a PGA show, Ben. Yes, sir. Uh, coming up right before the NBA show today. So I believe four o'clock Eastern gets you set for the Bermuda championship. Boom. Catch you back here next time on the uh, awesome strategy show presented by Yahoo daily fantasy sports. Thanks guys. Peace.